Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Probably some great uh, books written about regret. <laughs> yes, several. Um, on how you ought to handle it. Yeah. If anybody can recommend a good one, email most, it. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. mostly feel like they're pointless unless it's something that you could avoid doing again. But regrets over things you have no chance to do again, uh, I don't see much point in it. <laughs> it's not a conscious decision, I think, for a lot of people. Some mm-hmm. people it is. They wallow in it. But uh, my regrets I can't get rid of. Really? Um, 15, I've tried, believe me. These are probably minor regrets. 15 artists who hated their own hit songs. Mm, I love stuff like this. I do, too. But the only problem with going through this is you got different age groups and different people with different tastes. And, like, I don't know all these songs or all these artists, and nobody listening probably does. But so mm. just stop me if you're interested in one. And if nobody's interested, I'll move on. Probably everybody's a little bit interested in this one. Nirvana. Sure, there's something for everyone and uh, plenty for no one. Exactly. Yeah. Nirvana smells like teen spirit. Kurt Cobain hated the song. This one I feel stupid and contagious. This one's a little dumb because it's the kind of you're super cool and it becoming popular ruined it for him. Oh, whatever. Yeah, he was I a just, crazy person. Yeah, I know, but that yeah. that whole thing of you secretly wanted to be like uh an obscure band that never made any money? You didn't, like, secretly want to become giantly famous and have your songs played on the radio and become a gazillionaire? I kind of think you probably did. So yeah. it wasn't anything in particular about that song. He just hated that yeah. a song of his became popular? Yeah, it well, became he was, so popular that he... He was... Uh, I wouldn't say... He said it was antithetical to his goal as a songwriter for it to become popular. Again, I don't believe that. That's, <laughs> I just uh, don't believe it. Well, that's just a strange person who who was not incredibly unhappy. I can barely get through the song. I literally want to throw my guitar down and walk away. Well, if you hadn't written that, another popular song, written that, there'd be nobody there to watch you. And you wouldn't throw your guitar down because you couldn't afford to buy a new one. Yeah, actually yeah. A, a, a person with serious mental problems. Mm-hmm. Well, he did kill himself, yes, which is did. pretty yes. good proof that he had some yes. problems. That's, that's I'm resting my case. Um, um, personal rankings of their songs, though, I, I, I don't think that's one of their better ones. Which often happens. The popular ones aren't necessarily the, the ones that... I disagree completely, but that's the nature of music. I like Nirvana okay, but it doesn't make me uh, click my heels or anything. Uh, Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine. Slash hates it. He hates his uh, guitar part in that. Mm. That is about as iconic as any guitar part in the history of guitar parts. Mm. Interesting. He says, I hated it for years. Uh, but I've finally gotten to appreciate it. That probably has to do with a little bit of age, too. Yeah. I'm fabulously wealthy. I'm known everywhere I go. It's got its upsides. Yeah. Now, he's on the, uh, as far as guitar players go, he's considered a very talented, kind of, maybe not like a savant-like guy, but... Uh, no, he's, uh, yeah, he's he's a hell of a guitarist. Okay, so yeah. do you think there was a, was it like a too simple of a thing, that he likes more complex stuff, and... Oh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's funny, that reminds me of uh, Carrie Fisher did interviews, I think, 10 years apart with the Esquire magazine, back when I used to read Esquire, they had an interview page that I always liked. It was called What I've Learned. 
And it was a, a bunch of answers to questions, but you could figure out what the questions were. And it was essentially, you know, what I've learned about my profession, life, uh, family, blah, blah, blah. It was just, I really loved it. I actually collected it for a while. But Carrie Fisher at one point um, said, yeah, the uh, being Princess Leia follows me everywhere I go like a bad smell. And then 10 years later, she crossed out bad and wrote um, something like a, a interesting exotic smell. So like we were talking about with Clash, it weighed on her for a while. And she got a certain amount of age and wisdom and thought, you know what? It's not been a terrible ride. I, we've talked about this before, I would love to sit down with the like 22-year-old me and see if we could even stand to be in the same room together. Mm. <laughs> I think that would be fascinating. <laughs> if you could do that, wouldn't it be wild to find out? I, that, that guy... Uh, uh, I recognize him. But, I talked uh, to him for a while. I put yeah. up with it, but keep him. And both might say that about the other one. Yeah, which is the interesting. Part. That's disturbing. Yeah. Joe, Joe, didn't you say you would kick your twenty-year-old ass? I you, your own ass, certainly it, not physically. No. The twenty-two-year-old <laughs> me might say, "I've got to do everything I can to not end up being that, or I'm going to kill myself right now." And then the the adult me would think that guy is just a dick. <laughs> he has no idea what he's talking about. I don't yeah. know. I, I might be wrong. Yeah. Well, the uh, the the present me might say to I don't know about twenty two, but uh, the college me, you're already stoned. Why are you smoking more pot? <laughs> You're going to need that brain, you jackass. Yeah, I don't know what ages would be the best. But. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> any interest in Metallica Escape? I don't know that song. So. No, I'm not really familiar with it. Um, Beastie Boys Fight for Your Right to Party. Oh, yeah. I, I wondered how hmm. many, like, semi-novelty songs were going to be on this list. The New York Trio ended up hating the jockish feel of the song and even admitted... It turned the young rap group into exactly what they'd set out to make fun of. Huh. Which is interesting. Yes. Because it's easily their most famous song. Yeah. Listen to their, uh, like, Paul's Boutique album. There, there are a couple of albums. You want me to tell you something that's going to make you mad? Okay. That's the only song I know from the Beastie Boys is Fight for Your Right. Oh, you son of a bitch. I think it's the only one I've ever <laughs> that's, heard. I'm not mad. <laughs> I think it's the only one I've ever heard. Oh, my. I'm mildly surprised, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, he, they yeah. used to be on Charlie Rose like once a year as he drooled over their creative genius. I still have never taken the time to listen to any of their Yeah, movies. there's a lot of really good, interesting stuff, and, and they're all much more thoughtful guys than you'd ever think based on that jockish, idiotic novel. That's interesting. Song. So is that like what Cheeseburger to, in Paradise is for Jimmy Buffett? To then? a large extent. Yes. It's a novelty Because if that's the song you know from the only hit I think he ever had. Uh, from Jimmy Bob, that's not what he does. That's no, not, but that's but no. anyway. Uh, interesting. Listen okay, to well, a, I should listen to some Beastie looks Boys. Looks at forty instead, please. What Beastie Boys album should I listen to? Uh, Paul's Boutique is a great yeah. album. Okay. That's a start good one. there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, hmm. and I, and I'm not a huge Beasties guy, but I, I admit that it's one of those. It's like a a, a restaurant that I ate at once, and I keep saying I'm going to go back because it was really good, but hmm. I just. There are too many, too many so of Paul's them. Paul's Boutique and License to Ill are the, probably the two to, okay. to check out album-wise. Oasis Wonderwall I bring up because I know last week it became the most played song of the 90s. 
most streamed. It has a billion streams. Mm. Um, the writer of that, Liam Gallagher. I can't effing stand that effing song, he said. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I have to sing it, I want to gag. I love it. It's a great song. You go to America and they're like, are you Mr. Wonderwall? You want to chin someone. I don't know if that, what that means. I have a feeling I know what that means, yes. <laughs> boom, boom, out go the lights. <laughs> Warrant Cherry Pie. I don't know how many oh, people remember that song. That idiotic single entendre snooze metal pop. Well, it was a big hit. Yeah. Probably made him a lot of money back when you could make money off of this sort of thing. Snooze metal pop. The writer, uh, Janie Lane. Metal for 12-year-olds. I couldn't have told you that. Yes. Uh, the, was a feller. Okay. Uh, denounced his own hit song. I had no intention of writing that song. I could shoot myself in the head for writing that song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, good for him. I have no respect, uh, any respect, for Janie Lane. Run DMC and Aerosmith Walk This Way. Huh. Uh, run, run DMC hates it. Really? Run and DMC hated the idea. Jam, Jam Master J was open to it. Uh, they dismissed it as hillbilly gibberish. Oh, it's dismissive. They allowed the collaboration to happen, making history in the process. You know, I heard that not too long ago, and I, I emerged from the experience wondering why they bothered to make it. It's just, it doesn't add anything. It doesn't subtract anything. Oh, it's somewhat novel to see a black hip-hop group doing something with Aerosmith. They sang it at, was it the Grammys last year? There was something where Aerosmith and, and Run DMC did it together. And, and the and crowd, like, it was the opening thing, yeah. and the crowd went wild over it. Yeah. Uh, uh, you'll, you'll like this one, I think. People like crap. To end with. R.E.M.'s Shiny Happy People. Yeah. If there was one song that was sent into outer space to represent R.E.M. for the rest of time, I would not want it to be Shiny Happy People, singer Michael Stipe said. Yes. Uh, he said it's a fruity pop song written for children. Yeah. Um, uh, there's going to be an F-bomb in about 20 seconds here, folks. I want you to be warned, forewarned. Uh, Hanson, Hanson I'm bleep this. Down. Bleep this because it's not good for the band. But Joe can't hold himself for back the brand. apparently. Brother. No, I can't. Um, well, there's no better word. Um, so, uh, back in the day, I was a huge REM fan. Huge. And, uh, and, oh, loved there's them people and... that sang Shiny Happy People. I love that song. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I'm going to chin you. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, they just come off of, uh, some really, really great, interesting, challenging music. And then they came out with the Out of Time album on which that song resides, along with the uh, songs like Stand and the rest of it. And and some of it was kind of catchy-licious. It was good. And there's some good, there's some great songs on the album, but there's some like Shiny Happy People. And I read an interview with Michael Stipe, who said at the time, he said, everybody's taking all this too seriously. We don't want to be the Beatles. We want to be the Banana Splits. We want, I just want to write pop music that, hmm. and I was like, what the f- are you talking about? <laughs> So he just went through a period there. Right. And then they got through it and looked back on it and thought, what the f*** were we thinking? Hmm. And and that was that era of the band. Hmm, interesting. But there are some songs on that album that are great. Anyway. Oh, I didn't mention another. I didn't. I skipped Stairway to Heaven, didn't I? Uh, Robert Plant. Never heard of it. Disliked Stairway to Heaven. Believed the song's instrumental sections were top-notch, but found that he could no longer relate to the abstract lyrics. I'd break out in hives if I had to sing that song <laughs> now. I love the hyperbole they all use when yeah. discussing their hatred of their yes. own words. Suicides, beatings, hives. 
listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Information. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Positive Sean has a wacky uh, feature for us here, I, I think. Yes, the uh, the Internet has presented us with antidepressants or Tolkien. I will give you a word, <laughs> and you uh, must tell me if it is an antidepressant pharmaceutical or a J.R.R. Tolkien character, most famous for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So before we get into that, and that's a hilarious idea, it's weird that you mentioned that, and then I walked out of the room, and then I was looking at uh, this news feature, and it had this cartoon, Tolkien versus Lewis. Wow, how does Sean mention Tolkien, and all of a sudden I see a cartoon with Tolkien in it? But it's um, in the first part of the cartoon, it says, Professor Tolkien, is it true that you wrote your novels as an allegory for the First World War? And he says, never ask me that again. I will call the police. Um, And then C.S. Lewis is below him, and it says, and he's thinking to himself, looking sad. If even one person reading this does not understand that the big line is Jesus, I'll set myself on fire. (laughs) So what's interesting about that is I'm in the midst of reading Chronicles of Narnia with my son, which I've never read before. Okay, The lion got introduced. We're on book one, and the lion is introduced just last night. Never crossed my mind that it's Jesus. Uh oh. It's Jesus? <laughs> yeah. Aslan is Jesus, yes. Okay. Yeah. When was I supposed to figure that out? Was I supposed yeah. to already figure that out? When, when you read it. In the book? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then, or if not then, in the book club discussions. <laughs> and never, never even thought about it. Of course, I've never, I've never liked metaphor in book. I just, I don't, I, like I was things. curious if you've ever received a metaphor from a book. <laughs> no. I know, I've, you, I've hated uh, that since I was a little kid, and they taught us about it in school. I've always thought it was stupid. Just but you're be, okay with talking lions? Just be what it is. <laughs> I want everything to just be what it is and leave it there. Why do they call you Old Simple Jack again? <laughs> I don't like it. I'm not looking for your metaphor. I don't need a damned allegory. If you want something to be Jesus, have it be Jesus. Do you, do you believe, just for instance, that George Orwell's Animal Farm is just about animal husbandry? <laughs> <laughs> Booking about agriculture. Talking pigs. Right. About farm life. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get anything from it except the pigs will bite you if you're not careful. <laughs> so now I got to go home tonight when we're reading the book and saying the lion's Jesus. So let's read well, you with don't that have in to mind. Explain that to the kids. Right? I would have never thought of that. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> Shall we just go on with the game, Joe? I, I don't. But anyway, so what is the name of this game again? <laughs> Antidepressants or Tolkien. Okay. Right. Why, do you, why do you say like and, that? And what, Tolkien? Which ones did he write? He wrote the Hobbit books. Yeah, yes. Lord of the which Rings. Which I was forced to freaking read in college, and I hated every second of it. <laughs> Wonderful books. Uh, the, uh, Everybody the, loves them. They're the, the Ring is a metaphor for, for nuclear power. I know. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Nardil. It is? Uh, that's that's one theory, yeah. Oh. The one power to rule them all that can be you know, yeah. in the wrong hands destroys the entire world. Yeah, well, yeah. that makes sense. Oh, uh, you didn't know that? Didn't know that, did you? I'm going to pretend I knew it. I didn't know it. <laughs> they got uh, uh, they got the talking lions in those books, but they got that weird little fella, Gollum. He's scary. Nardil, N-A-R-D-I-L, Nardil. I think I know that that's a drug, but it certainly could be a Tolkien character. Yeah, I was going to vote drug. All right, so we go in, and uh, that is correct. Yeah, okay. Um, And they have the actual chemical name for it. No, we don't need to do all that. All right. How about one more? One okay. more. Escalith. E-S-K-A-L-I-T-H. This is way harder than I thought it was going to be. 
It sounds like uh, one of them squatty little fellows with the axe. The, the red dwarf Gimli guy, yeah. Squatty little fellow with an axe. Yeah. I guessed his character. Oh, no, this was a medication used to treat uh, manic depressive disorder or bipolar. And squattiness. You know, I actually liked the Lord of the Rings movies. When my wife and I first got together, she she had me, because I'd never seen him. We yeah. watched all of them. It was a total of 10 hours, oh, I yeah. think, to watch all three hours. Sprawling epics. 10 hours. Y- your boys would fights. love them. Or, or are the orcs too scary? She thinks they're definitely too scary for my youngest. Okay. I think my older son could watch it and would like it. Mm-hmm. But we still got 31 superhero movies to watch. But um, <laughs> Right when you're done with those, I think your youngest will be right of age to watch the, uh, <laughs> the Lord of the Rings thing. Yeah, no the, kidding. The orcs are about too scary for me. Yeah. They're freaky. They like are they're pretty sickening. scary. Yeah. yeah. I like anything that sort of... De- <laughs> Depicts what, and this was in the uh, the the final Avengers movie had some of this too. Anything that depicts what those old you know that final Avengers movie that was actually a metaphor. <laughs> oh boy! For the Avengers movie that came before it, oddly enough, <laughs> blow my effing mind. I had something else to say. Oh, the number of times that they would. Well, I guess this is it. We're all going to die. <laughs> it's nice working with you. It's nice working with you. I'll always cherish these days. Me too. That that happened like forty times. Right, and then they win. Nobody dies. Maybe they ought to get take some of those pills we were talking about. And then about. 20 minutes later, they're cornered again. Well, I guess this is it. How about a little optimism? <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Oh, just uh, checking the old Twitter feed. The old woman. Twitter feed. Some woman got engaged. Do I follow her? Why do we follow her? This is so crazy. DNA analysis is showing that 45% of people's genes need high carb intake, 47 need moderate, and 8% are low. I wish I knew I was moderate sooner. Totally worth $189 if you can afford it. Oh, I think that's an ad. Oh. Twitter timeline cleaning hack. If at any point you're scrolling and you have the inkling, why do I follow this person? Just unfollow him. Oh, yeah. Uh, when we first got on Twitter... Our uh, our producer at the time, producer and friend Scott, the whole Twitter thing was so new. He anybody who followed us, we'd follow them. It was just oh, polite. That's, that's, that's very desperate. That was the belief early on, I right. guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not yeah. anymore. In the early I days. understand why you had to let him go. So, <laughs> so oh boy. So, <laughs> so should we not be following all these people? Would that be a better way to run our Twitter feed? What do other mm-hmm. people do? I keep. I try to keep my my number fairly low. Uh, just in, it's because it's so easy to lose anything good with, oh, I, my, like, I follow very few real life friends just because I use my, my Twitter feed for work and I don't want to hear about their grocery store run and, and have, you know, some news yeah. story get pushed out. But, but people who have millions of followers, a Kardashian, a Trump, a whoever, um, do they follow people? Yes, some some notoriously have very few followers. Like I think Donald Trump maybe has like ten, or if they follow like ten people, something like that. But I also don't think those people use Twitter like the right. the right. the masses do. Yeah, we uh, let's see. Yeah, we're following eight hundred and sixty one. We could probably eliminate four hundred and fifty of those. And you know who you they're are? Just, they're well, they're listeners, and I'm sure they're very nice folks. Well, they don't but, have to be. So like uh, Kim Kardashian, sixty four point six million followers. Whoa. Holy crap. She follows 131 people. Total. Yeah. Wow. Give me Ellen best, DeGeneres. Best ratio ever. Ellen DeGeneres. 64 million people following Kim Kardashian. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres has 80 million followers. Uh, she follows 27,000 people. Okay. So, the, yeah. that She's the big tent. 
Well, oh. I would not have guessed that Ellen has more Twitter followers than Kim Kardashian. I wouldn't have either, and by a lot. Yeah. Those two facts uh, pretty much spell out why democracy will never work. 80-some million followers. I can't uh, imagine tweeting knowing 80 million people are going to see this. can't even wrap my head around that. All right, this conservative gal uh, that I follow, we follow, says, over the past two months, I've basically doubled the length and or intensity of all my workouts. Who cares? Go to hell. (laughs) Shut up. Nobody asked. Jeez, that's a little hard. (laughs) How many followers we have? It's a pathetic 24,000. We don't work 27. We don't work that hard at growing the Twitter, but 27,000? Checking, checking. Yeah, 27,500. There you go. As a matter of fact, yeah, I know. Hey, nothing. I feel kind of bad about it. I feel like it's the uh, it's the best of the best. Oh man, I'm gonna click on that article like, and talk about it tomorrow. It's like this publication I was hearing about the other day. It was a magazine that was, used to be around a political magazine, and the boss said, "If we ever have more than seven thousand subscribers, we're doing something wrong here." Wow, uh, knowing that they were for a, a certain kind of person. That's what we are, right? Huh. If we had more sure. than 27,000 yeah, exactly Twitter it. followers, yeah. we'd be doing something wrong. We're too popular. You could throw a couple hundred bucks at it and probably, uh, I don't know, increase that number if it was really an issue. Really? That's how yeah. you can do it? Yeah, that's how a lot of, uh, particularly like I've seen it in up-and-coming stand-up comedians. It's worth it for them because club managers sure. will look at their Twitter feed well, that makes and sense. see, oh, they look, he's got, you know, a hundred thousand people follow him. Let's, let's book him for, for a Wednesday night or whatever. Okay. So I, I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. How much would it cost us to get a significant growth there? Way less than you would think. I'd say for a couple what hundred do you know bucks. What I think <laughs> <laughs> uh, for a couple hundred bucks, you could probably, uh, maybe double, if not more. Really? For probably, a couple hundred yeah. bucks? But that, I'd feel cheap, though, wouldn't yeah, it? Exa- you would, wouldn't you? Like Jack? a whore. I think I'd rather know actually how many people wanted to follow than it's, a made-up number. It's kind of the philosophy I have. I'd rather have an engaged smaller number yeah. than just some inflated thing. Because this is for real. We haven't done any cheating to get the uh, 27,000. Not that I'm aware of. The most of. interesting thing, though, is we had the bulk of those, like when the first couple of weeks of signing on, and then not much since then. It's just... I guess it's the percentage of people that are into Twitter. You're a negative, Nelly. It's been growing slowly but steadily <laughs> All right. throughout the years. Pink Monkey tweets, Forrest Gump producers reveal what actually happened to Jenny. Why'd she disappear for all those years? I thought she ran off with a hippie. I don't think it was really that unknown. Mm. Didn't she run off with a hippie? Uh, let's see. Adam Housley, old friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Absolutely. Shout out, Adam. I hope you're doing well. Uh, he's uh, retweeted something. He says, I agree with this. I've been saying this all along. There is no national shutdown, nor should there be. Some states are not shut down at all. In states that are shut down, the extent can vary according to local conditions, which is what we want. We do not want blanket policy everywhere because not everywhere has the same problem. Yeah, that's clearly true. Some of the women around here had a thing for Adam Housley back in the day when he would call in to be on the show. They go, oh, Adam's on the line. They would react that way. Uh, let's see. Oh, wow. We got to get this clip. That's another great clip. All right. I'll get that later. Let's see. Let me see. Somebody say something because I got to, uh, get, well, maybe I'll do that later. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? That's uh, boring. It's, um, <laughs> somebody doing something idiotic in a parking lot. I think there ought to be a, um, maybe there's a tutorial out there from smart people on how to use Twitter. Cause when used properly, oh, yeah. when, when yeah. used properly, it's fantastic. But it also can just be a life suck and horrifying if you don't use it properly. 
used properly in terms of how you follow or like formatting your tweets to maximize oh. virality? Oh, I'm mostly interested in just getting information, gotcha. not my own reaching out to people, but taking in information. Uh, reducing the number of people you follow is a huge step to that. Yeah. Because people that are good are great. Yeah, but you don't want your feed clogged with all sorts of inanities about, you know, and, and no offense to anybody who we kind of accidentally follow. pictures, etc. Planted daffodils today. I sure hope they're going to grow. I mean, I hope your daffodils grow, too, but I don't need to hear about it. <laughs> I, hope not... they, I hope they don't grow. How about that? <laughs> Jack actively rooting against daffodils. <laughs> I'd come and stomp the shit out of them if I could. Um, your daffodils see. suck. I'm deleting my tweet. But that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem with the follow. You know, that tweet was for her uh, her old friend from college who also has a garden. Um, you know, right. Not for right. us. Right. I'm not, uh, yeah. I'm not, uh, you know, bad-mouthing her and her daffodils. I like this from Ben Shapiro. And Chinese It's, doc- it, it's yeah. completely random who tweets and who doesn't. Some of my favorite pundits tweet, like, 75 times a day. And some of them. You go and check their feed, and they haven't tweeted since February. Right. I don't. I don't know how Ben Shapiro and Ian Bremmer find time to do anything else. Yeah, exactly. How do you even do do your job? Yeah, I wonder if they have people for that. Mm-hmm. They got some uh, smart, uh, you know, employer intern or whatever. Although Ben Shapiro just tweeted this: Chinese doctor, I discovered a new virus. Chinese China says, "Shut up, or we'll kill you." Chinese doctor, uh, dies of COVID nineteen. Another Chinese doctor says, humans are transmitting a new virus. China says, no, they're not. The WHO says, coolsies. <laughs> and China says, this is America's fault. We're going to talk more uh, about uh, China on the ANG show tomorrow. Yeah, that's Ben Shapiro pushing back against a video that's making the rounds from the PR department of China that is pretty well done. Yeah, uh, We will talk about that on the next Armstrong and Getty show, which is a radio show, terrestrial radio. It's where it's at. Oh, yeah. Particularly AM. It's where it's at. Unless you're listening to One of these days, one of these days, AM radio is going to be the new hip retro thing for the young people. It's going to be like vinyl. Like vinyl, exactly. Exactly. Right. Making bread at home. (laughs) You know what I'm doing? I'm making bread at home and listening to AM radio. Yeah, like the good old days. With my beard. (laughs) My big, oiled-up beard. You know what I'm drinking my iced tea out of? Freaking mason jar. (laughs) Damn right. Because I'm old time It's almost impossible. The lip, the lip on the jar makes it dribble down your chin. But it's a cool freaking jar, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Judy and I used to drink out of those all the time because we were poor. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because like chocolate syrup, we like most of our glassware was uh, chocolate syrup, like for ice cream. Um, yeah. Containers and what was the other thing? Jelly you used containers to buy? was jelly. huge at my house when I was a kid. Yeah, almost we drank all out of jelly container cups for kids were jelly containers. <laughs> Why buy glassware when your jelly came in one? Well, that was before you could buy cheap Chinese crap. Yeah. And it was for the better. <laughs> buy some jelly, get a free cup. Yeah. Well, wh- why the hell wouldn't you use the little jelly jar for your kid to drink out exactly. of? Exactly. It, it holds the liquid just fine. The kid's going to break it sooner or later. That's fine. It's fine. And then why not use newspaper for underpants? I did that, too. I'm sure you did, too, Jack. And. <laughs> Dressed in the skins of animals I found dead yeah. by the road. I'm sure you did that, like, mm. like I did. Getting close yeah. to an overshare. Why don't you <laughs> yeah. siphon the gas out of your neighbor's car in the morning? Oh, Same every time. morning. Oh, we did. You get used to the taste. It's like a mouthwash, too. You almost never get a sore throat because, you know, the gasoline kills the germs. 
Yeah, it was you know it was, I didn't we didn't know we were poor. <laughs> we just we just knew we had a family. New, new we loved each for other. underpants. Yeah, I'm not sure that one's going to work. Yeah, yeah. Brushed our teeth with grit from the backyard. <laughs> I had go news- get some grit, kids. Time to brush your teeth for bed. I had newspaper in my shoes to uh to block a hole fairly recently, and I thought this is probably a line I've crossed. Whoa! Some sort. Fair, fairly recently. How fairly? Within like the two last, days ago. Within the last month. Oh man! Holy I put newspaper cow. in the bottom of one of my shoes because there's a hole in the bottom. Wow! <laughs> Do you need sh- to borrow some shoes, Chuck? <laughs> is this because of the coronavirus? Or <laughs> I, uh, it kind of is actually because I I take uh, boots you get remade all the time. You don't buy. You don't throw out cowboy boots and get new ones. You get them resold, and they need to be resold. But the shoe place is closed down, so. Really, you just and take I've it to a place a and, and they just put new stuff on the bottom all the time. The uh, I've done it all the time. The top angle is essentially just the same boot. The upper is a fine, yes. The upper, that's what yes. It's called. The sole is worn out, huh? Um, and you get a new sole, and it's like forty bucks, and you don't need to get all new boots. What percentage of like a cost of a new boot is that? Uh, it depends on the boots, but a, d- a decent at all pair of cowboy boots is probably going to cost two hundred dollars. Okay, so yeah. I played in a band once with a guy, great guitarist, actually. is the best band I was ever in until the Dead Flowers. But um, this guy, uh, he had his uh, tennis shoes were duct taped together. Mm, yeah. And he wore them like that for months. Because he was, well, again, to cheap Chinese crap. Um, I'd like to see, well, there's such a range of prices for shoes. But uh, he literally did not have whatever it costed to buy a used pair of shoes at a at a thrift store or whatever. He'd wear them damn duct tape shoes well, they, for, for months. But so many things were more expensive adjusted for inflation. Mm-hmm. And that's not realized because people don't, ever, saying, yeah. people don't ever adjust for inflation. But until the early 90s, I think Converse was a U.S. brand. Well, I'll bet if you went back to the 70s or whenever I was wearing Converse shoes adjusted for inflation, you'd think, holy crap, I'm not buying my kids shoes that cost that much because you're used to cheap Chinese Converse. Not the American-made Converse. Same with jeans, Levi's jeans. Um, right. A lot of the stuff that was made in America, it was way better, but it was way more expensive. Mm-hmm. But it would last. Yes, it would last. Like those jelly jars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good, durable American jelly jars. Of course, I drink jelly on a hot day anyway, so it's also oh, a beverage. It's, it's really cooling, isn't it? <laughs> and if you forget you have it, it ferments, you got wine. Oh, I'll tell you what, this is not funny. I've had a couple of times in the last several months, roughly the same time period in which I was wearing newspaper in my shoes. Um, <laughs> that's a tough time. Somebody set jelly out and let it go bad, and then it ended up back in the refrigerator. Jelly that's gone bad is the single worst flavor I've ever had in my mouth, and I've had <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> Cow <laughs> to be specific. But enough about your kinks. Um, Cow <laughs> to be specific. Yeah, um, wow, that's uh, that's and gross. Jelly that's gone bad is the grossest thing ever. Oh, don't ever make that mistake. It's probably what prison wine tastes like, Pruno. Oh, no way you could drink that if it tasted like that. Eh, I don't know. Does it get me drunk? It's late at night. I'm stressed. My room, my cellmate's kind of a pain. The guards are I'm mean. exhausted from punching the biggest guy right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> biggest, meanest son of a bitch in the yard. Just smash him. <laughs> you do that every day? So you're just, you're yeah. always tired. Yeah. Just so it lets them know. That wasn't a one-time thing. Why you I'm so, coming back tomorrow. Why are you winded, Sean? I just got done punching the biggest, baddest guy in the arc right in the face. <laughs> Isn't that like 50 days in a row? He's going to be really pissed, man. I think you've made your point. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's messing with you. 
You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Information. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. So, uh... Do you what do you suggest, Michael? Run this tape first. I'm. Uh, I would like to make it clear for the record. I'm against this sort of thing. I would like to make it clear for the record. I love it. Yeah, go ahead and run it. It's not really that dirty. All right, don't don't give too much away. But it's cut number five there, uh, Sean. Let's go a bit more into term. Oh my God! Give me a minute, guys. I just want to bleach my eyes and my brain. Um, I love you all, but. Give me one sec. We're gonna we're gonna have to have a talk now. Jesus. If you if if you'd like to spend time with your partner, I'm sure that there's an empty cinema around here still trying to make the movie Cats work. It's empty. Go for your life. And this is the second time I'm saying this in my career. No below the belt touching in my lecture theatre, please. <laughs> Law professor in Australia catches a female student giving another one a handy during the lecture. Wow. But it was the second time. In her career. Maybe it's how she teaches. Maybe she's boring. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine that. I just, oh. But uh, I'm I, I, just the whole, you know, it's it's exciting in public because of the risk of getting caught and everything. I, I like to be able to completely focus. You know, I've if n- I'm involved in something. I've never been a... Uh, like, you know, on the balcony of the hotel where people might, I, I don't, I don't, that doesn't give me extra. It doesn't add on to the enjoyment to me. It must for some people, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, that's an interesting impulse that some people have, but we could get caught by your parents or something doesn't make me more excited. Right. Yeah. To me, it's just an enormous distraction. You know, it's like I, I'm playing music, but I might get punched in the face any minute. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm distracted by that. I can't really just completely invest myself into the experience. But some people like it more. Um, Does that make you an exhibitionist by definition? You're kind of hoping you get caught? Yeah, I think there are probably levels of it. I mean, you find it a little exciting or titillating for somebody to see. Okay. But then there's the guy who's just working it at the bus stop. That's a different level. Did the word titillate? Somebody talking about me? (laughs) <laughs> is the word titillating how did that what's the how did that come about i don't think it has to do with really it's just complete random coincidence yeah, it's like the tit mouse their breasts are the same size as any other mouse yeah but that's different tit mouse doesn't have something to do with, with sexual stuff titillating does tit mouse have sex <laughs> how do you think they get little tit mouses uh from the latin titalat which is tickled there you go Huh, that's interesting. So it's just a coincidence. Tickle me fancy. There's an old British uh, sailor song that starts, yeah, you don't want to hear it. It's, uh, it's rated R at best. It's like the movie... Um, it's like an Australian law lecture. Sean, have you ever seen the movie Night Shift with Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton? I like to watch. That's one of the great movies of all time. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's excellent. Michael he, Keaton is fantastic. Oh, yeah, that might be the best thing he's ever done. And most people I ever mention it to, they've never even heard of the movie. Yeah, it was it was a media, it was a pretty big hit at the time. But God dang it, he's funny. Anyway, he writes the word. Birdman awfully good, Michael he, Keaton movies. He writes the word prostitution on the board, and he says, let's break it down. He writes, pro, we, I think we get that. Not, that's nothing. Tit, I mean, I don't know what that is. Two, there's two of us. Shunned, push away. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's why I'm breaking beautiful. down titillating there. Yes, okay. But uh, no relationship whatsoever to that. That's one of the weird quirks of the language right there. Um. So uh, I wonder how many rows from the teacher those people were. How well lit the place was. And I wonder if the schwanz was visible. She said she wanted to bleach her eyeballs, which would not do any good. She's that, obviously a law professor and not an anatomy professor. That would lead you to believe that someone was unclothed to a certain extent. Because just rubbing somebody through their pants is not going to make you bleach your eyeballs, I don't think. Yeah, something tells me that the... Uh... The, I, I the grew, gavel was being wielded. I grew up with the internet. It'll take much more than that to, for me to bleach yeah, my eyeballs. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but context matters. That's true. That's there true. you are. Now let's discuss toots. You know, and then, and then, yeah! No! You don't expect that. No. I like how she worked in a burn at the movie Cats in her, uh, yeah. in her reprimand, too. Yeah, that was no good. kidding. Way to troll <laughs> cats on your way out, sweetheart. <laughs> it's beautiful. Armstrong and Getty. Listening to the best of the Armstrong. Armstrong and Getty, weekdays 6 till 10 at Sacramento's Best Talk All Day. And iHeart Radio Station. Talk 650 KSTE, Rancho Cordova, Sacramento. This 